I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That's from John 10, 11 to 21. And 27 to 28 reads, My sheep listens to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Oh, we did it. I was, I was, it was a bit, of, a bit of teamwork there. That was great. Um, so yeah, morning, everybody. My name's Pete. For those who don't know me, I'm married to Joe, and we've been part of the church community here for about four or five years now. So it's great just to have the opportunity just to share uh, with you this morning um, as we continue through our, our series in John. Now. About a year ago, I had the most amazing experience. Uh, it's the kind of thing you just kind of imagine, uh, can only dream about. Um, I was traveling with my family in the car through the lanes of North Hampshire when suddenly we had to stop. To everyone's immense delight, we were faced by a wall of sheep. And we've got a picture here. Should be coming up any minute now. Amazing, how cool is that? <laughs> I mean, these are the kind of things you, I only dream of. Yeah, imagine that, <laughs> driving along, being faced by a wall of sheep. It was incredible. Uh, it was amazing. But we had, so we had a bit of a standoff with the sheep, and uh, there was a sheepdog desperately trying to kind of get the sheep past us, and there was a, a shepherd, as you can just see in the distance, in a high-vis, in a transit van, trying to get the, the sheep as well to come. In the end, what happened, they did kind of rush us. We had a, like a sheep rush, and it was like, it was like the most bizarre, like, uh, woolly car wash uh, that you can ever imagine. The, the, the car was shaking as these sheep went past. And uh, it, was, it was great. But there is actually a video available of this, not on YouTube yet, uh, but there's basically a lot of howling and shrieking from myself and, and the rest of my family in the car who's laughing a lot at this, this amazing experience. Uh, maybe another time I'll share, I'll share the video. Uh, very, you might think, what's that got to do? Well, it's not an everyday experience, to be honest, but it was the only kind of context I could think of for today's reading because there's a lot in the reading that Kelly read, isn't there, about sheep and the shepherds and things like that. And what is all that about? So if we pan out a little bit, we can actually see the passage that we read today is really just a uh, continuation of the conversation that was going on in chapter nine. 
It's all about the healing of a man that was born blind and what that meant. What, what did that mean? The people were trying to get to grips with that. And so John has chosen to, written, uh, chosen to write about this particular event because as he's looked back and he's thought as he's writing, he recognises that there's something really significant about this event, what actually happened. And that's his whole intention as he's looking back, thinking about it. He, he's saying there's something about this event, something about this healing and the teaching that Jesus brought from it that actually really helps us to believe that Jesus is the real deal, that he's the Messiah, and that by believing in him that we might have life. Now last week, for those who were here, Tom looked at how different people in the story responded to the miracle of Jesus healing the guy. Some, there was a curiosity, there was a bit of pride, there was fear or worship. And he challenged us about how we respond to Jesus. And often it's a mix of all four, but really with seeking with God's help uh, to be more like that man who was healed, who responds by declaring, Lord, I believe. And then he worships him. You know, despite all he's been through, the abuse, the accusations, and the implications of that decision, he still makes that choice. And in our passage today, we see that the Jews are still divided about what to make about the healing. Many of them thinking that he's demon-possessed and therefore raving mad. And so Jesus' response is to give them a familiar illustration of shepherds and sheep to make his point about who he is. Now, I was fortunate enough to visit Israel about 10 years ago. And while I was there, yeah, it's another sheep picture, you'll be glad to hear. Uh, but I was there, I thought, I'm in, the, I'm in the land of Israel. I will take a picture of, uh, actually, I took a picture of the shepherd, and I think that's coming up. Um, it, I was actually more interested in the shepherd than the sheep. There is a sheep in the bush somewhere there, I think. I, I particularly like the shepherd because, you know, I like the socks and sandals combo. It, it's quite something. Um, but you see, this is more like what it was like. You see, unlike the sheep that I encountered on the road, shepherds in this culture when Jesus was talking, and also today, uh, were more like this. The shepherd would lead from the front. He'd be at the front. The sheep would also respond to their names when they were called. Each had their own name. And being a shepherd was like a full-time, it was a full-time job. And, you know, things could get lively in the hills of Judea. You know, in, their, in those days, there was a fair chance that you were going to get attacked by a marauding bear who was going to want to take one of your precious sheep. You know, those sheep you'd named, the ones that you knew their patterns and markings to knew what made them different. You know, you knew them and you probably chatted to them when no one else was around. And you protect them with your life. You know, you protect these sheep with your life because they were, they were yours. But it wasn't just that practical picture that people would think of or come to mind. Uh, for them when they heard about Jesus speaking about the shepherd and the sheep. It had a much deeper meaning, much more significant. For them, the shepherd represented a king, the chosen one, the Messiah, who would not only care for the sheep, who were the people of Israel, but would defeat their enemies, restore the land and lead and care for them. For hundreds of years, they'd held on to words from the Old Testament, from the Psalms and the prophets that spoke of the Messiah in just those ways. You know, one who would have the qualities of a good and a true shepherd. And the religious leaders, you know, who Jesus was talking to specifically, they knew these scriptures really well. They knew about this. It meant something to them. You know, in Matthew 2, when we read about the birth of Jesus, uh, the wise men swing past Herod's palace to ask where the Messiah was to be born. And Herod calls the religious leaders and, and they tell him about this prophecy from the Old Testament, which says, in Bethlehem in Judea, out of you will come a ruler 
who will shepherd my people Israel. So that not only kind of nailed where he was going to be, where the Messiah was going to come from, but also that he'd be like a shepherd, using those words. And they also knew the the qualities of the shepherd and how to tell the difference between a shepherd that wasn't really true, a false shepherd, and the true shepherd, the Messiah. The prophet Ezekiel, he also, he wrote like hundreds of years earlier, he, de- he describes these false shepherds that they only take care of themselves. They don't care about the flock or searching for the lost. But then in contrast, he prophesies about the, the true shepherd, the Messiah, what he'll be like, that he'll be one who looks after his sheep, who searches for the lost, who binds up the injured and who strengthens the weak. Why is this important? You might think, why why is is this important? Well, what Jesus is doing in this passage is that we read is that he's saying, look, you know these old scriptures about the way you'll know who the true Messiah is, who the real one is. You you know that. You know, he'll care for people. He'll bring healing. He'll search for the lost. Uh, You know, in the same way, you know, he'll be willing to risk his life for the sheep. And those things, you know this stuff, these are things that will prove that he's the real thing. These are the things that will prove and qualify him as the true shepherd, the one you're all waiting for. And so what Jesus is doing in this passage is saying, you know that, now look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm saying. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm claiming and make that connection. But you know, opinion was still divided over who he was and the religious leaders don't really get it. But we read at the end of chapter 10, we read that many people came to him and many believed in him. And so that prompts us as well, as we read it today, as we hear this, it prompts us to ask that same question, to come at this with an open mind, to read these accounts and come to our own conclusion. Is Jesus who he said he was and is? And you know, maybe today's the day for you. Maybe you've come here, maybe you're watching online and you'd say that you don't really know the shepherd. You don't really have a relationship with him. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Yet, to take, I'd encourage you, if that's you, just to think, I don't really know what he's talking about in that respect, but I'd encourage you to, to reflect on it today and take that step of faith to believe and follow him. We'll have a bit of a chance at the end for people who want to respond or, or, or anything that's spoken to people, we'll have a chance at the end uh, for prayer for that, so just, just hang on to that. But before, I, uh, before that, I just want to share with you something of what this shepherd is like. And as I do, just allow him to speak to you just allowed to speak as I describe a little bit about, about that. You know, for those who know him, be reminded, let that truth soak in, kind of marinate in it, in, you know, absorb it. Um, it will do you good. And then after I've looked at a bit about what the shepherd's like, I want to look at briefly at some things that we can do as sheep to be the effective sheep. So that's kind of where we're going this morning. So firstly, what is our shepherd like? What's Jesus like? Now, there's so much I could say about that from this passage. Um, and we'd literally be here all day, but apparently there's some sporting event happening as I speak. So you'll be glad to know that I've narrowed it down to four uh, of things that just uh, what, what our shepherd's like, what he's like. The first one's this, he calls you by name. Now there was a worship song we used to sing a long time ago, back in the early 90s. It's now a classic. Uh, it's called Knowing You, Jesus. Some of you may know that. And uh, we've, I first heard it back in about 94 and my wife Joe jo and I uh, had spent a good few years, uh, to use the sheep metaphor, we'd used it wandering, wandering away, uh, shall we say. Um, 
And, but we lived in Darlington at the time and we rocked up at an art centre where a church was meeting in the art centre. And uh, we sat at the back and it was our first Sunday there and they played this song, Knowing You, Jesus. And I'll never forget, I, as I sat down, I heard it really clearly. It wasn't an audible voice, but I heard it really clearly. Jesus say, I know you by name. <laughs> it, it, and it's changed, and it had, and it did, it changed my life. I've never been the same since in the most wonderful way when I, when I heard that voice, I know you by name. And this is what Jesus is like. He calls us by name. You see, he longs for an intimate relationship with you and me. And in the passage we read, you know, Jesus compares his relationship with us with his relationship with the Father. And it can't get any more intimate than that. You know, he isn't distant and uninterested, but quite the opposite. He knows you, he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. Now, you're unique. <laughs> look around the room, you're unique. Each of you, as I look around, you're a one-off. <laughs> there's, no, there's never been you, and there'll never be another you, and he knows that. You have infinite value, and you've got a God-given purpose and significance. And he calls you by name. He knows you by name. Not only that, but this shepherd, this wonderful shepherd, he leads you, leads me. I love it that he leads us because to be honest, I haven't got a clue where I'm going. <laughs> you know, we, we can have plans, can't we? You may have plans and dreams on where your life is going and what you want to achieve. But you know, which is, that's great. But life can change, can't it, at any moment. So how comforting it is to know that we have a shepherd who's gone ahead of us and nothing surprises him. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> and he's promised to lead us into a full and eternal life to guide us in the life that we were meant to live. No, I don't know about you, but I need regular reminding about that because you know, we don't need the future, don't know the future. It can be scary, but what we don't know, he knows. The future's unknown to us, but known to him. And it's him who leads us. And he doesn't lead us from a way off in the distance, but from a place of intimate relationship. So wherever that may be, wherever he's leading you, you can be confident that he's with you. You know, sometimes we might need a bit of a prod to keep us on track. You know, but when he does, he's always, it's always for our good and because he loves us. So our shepherd, he calls us, he calls you by name, and he leads you, he leads us. Third point is he protects and watches over you. He cares about you and you matter to him. But you know what I really like about this bit as I was kind of thinking about it? For me, this really speaks about freedom. Um, there's a bit in, we didn't quite read it, but in verse nine of, of chapter 10, it says how the sheep come in and go out and find pasture. Sheep come in and go out and they find some pasture. I love that. We have great freedom. These sheep have great freedom because the shepherd is watching over them. So we don't have to be caged sheep, we're free range sheep. It's good, isn't it? We're free, we're free range sheep. You know, I find this really helpful when I have to make a big decision. You know, when a big decision's coming up, should we do this, do that? You know, big, big decisions in our life. You know, I can worry about that and thinking, am I made the right call? What if I, you know, maybe, you know, have I made the right call or not? But actually, if I'm in a close relationship with a shepherd, and trusting that he will lead me, I can track down some new pasture without worrying because he's watching over me. The last one then that talks about our shepherd is that our shepherd is good. 
Now, I'm not talking good as in Ofsted inspection, uh, where it's better than needs improvement, but isn't outstanding. I like that joke, sorry, I thought I was... Come on, a bit more. <laughs> it's downhill from now, that was, that was, my, that was my peak joke. Um, but, you know, knowing that he's good, you know, frees us from fear, doesn't it? Because it means we can approach him with confidence and that all that he says is true. He won't lie to you and he won't promise something that he can't deliver. You know, he gave the ultimate demonstration of this by laying down his life in order to save and rescue us. You know, he took the bullet for you and me. And it's that that qualifies him to be the good shepherd. Now, the word good in the passage, in the original Greek is kalos. And this can be translated as noble, but also it's often translated as beautiful. And I, lo- I love that. I'd never known that before until I looked at that. You know, he's the beautiful shepherd. You know, it's that kind of beauty that's captivating, that stops you in your tracks, that intensifies the more you look. And that's what he's like. He's a beautiful shepherd. So what does this mean for us as sheep? And how can we be better sheep? Now, I don't know if anyone else saw it this week. I was scrolling through the BBC News app, uh, as you do, on a, on a Wednesday. And there was this story about a guy who'd rescued a sheep. Can you believe this? It's like a preacher's dream. I, I, bet, I bet there's like all over the country there's people preaching on this stuff. Like, good. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I scrolled through, and it is. And there's this guy who rescued, I'll show you a picture in a minute. It made, apparently, it made headlines all over the world. China, Japan, everywhere about this guy who rescued a sheep. I've got a, got a picture of him here. Let's see if you didn't believe me. On Wednesday, this was, I can believe it. He, he climbed down, this guy, his name is Chris Oxlade Arnott, so obviously a famous guy now. Um, we don't know the name of the sheep, but I, I think I'd probably call him Lucky. <laughs> apparently, Chris and his wife, they were out walking, and they, they spotted the sheep at the bottom of the cliff. He was quite far out, apparently, and clinging to a rock as the tide was coming in. And as I quote, uh, Mrs., Mrs. Oxlade Arnott said, she was absolutely soaking wet. Looking at, us, looking at us as if to say, help. <laughs> so Mr. Oxlade Arnott, who apparently is a climber, you'll be glad to know, climbs down over quite this perilous cliff and rescued the sheep, as you can see. And at the end of the report, it says, at the top of the cliff, he placed the ewe down, and within minutes, she wandered away to graze. <laughs> now, I need to be quite careful here, because I could end up preaching on something completely different here and get my Bible passages mixed up and end up preaching about the lost sheep or the ungrateful sheep. Um, but instead, I don't want to do that. I want to, continue, <laughs> I want to stick to the passage and look at what we can do to be good sheep. So there's a couple of things we've got as we kind of draw to a close of this bit. So we're okay, we're on time. Don't panic. First half isn't over yet. First thing's this, we can believe in the good shepherd. Uh, the writer A.W. Tozer said, what comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I love that quote. What comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. You see, it's how we view the shepherd is so important because it inevitably impacts how we relate to him. You know, if we have the wrong idea about the shepherds, if we listen to lies or hold on to disappointments with the shepherd or whatever, what we'll end up doing is we'll either reject the shepherds or we'll start to wander away from him and wander away from other sheep as well. Now, if you're anything like me, again, I can find it easy to feel overwhelmed by situations or the state of the world. 
You know, at times I get frustrated or anxious or confused about life or situations or relationships. And it's easy, isn't it, to lose sight of the shepherd. And before I know it, I'm listening to those enemies' lies. I'm, you know, if he really cared for you, that would never happen, would it? He doesn't really care for you. Why? That's happened. He's not really that caring. Or we can hear doubts about our relationship with him. You think, oh, he doesn't really know about me. He doesn't know my situation or understand what I'm in. Or, you know, we can have unbelief. You know, think, oh, never, I can, I can never hear his voice. He'd never, he'd never speak to me. If he knew what, you know, if you knew what I'd he'd never, he'd never do that. These are the enemy's lies. And, you know, when those thoughts come, we need to recognize them for what they are and really declare the truth about who the shepherd is and what he says about you and me. And that's why it's really important, the next point. It's really important to listen to his voice. Now, there are many voices out in the world today, aren't there? All competing for our attention or promising us the world. If we just have this or just do that or just get a bit more of this or if we get this job or that job or this relationship, whatever, then, you know, promises... So much, there's so many voices, and there's voices that distract us as well or cause us to be fearful or doubt the truth. So we need to learn to recognize his voice. But how do we do that when we're constantly bombarded in the news and well, you know, notifications on our phone? I turned the notifications off on mine because it used to ping so much. <laughs> I was like, ping, ping. And I was just looking at my phone, like, and there's so many distractions in there around of things that want our attention and would seek to draw us away from the shepherd. And you know, what I've learned is I actually need to take time and space in the craziness and the chaos to be with him, to be with the shepherd in the silence without distraction and just be me and him, just me and the shepherd, just me and the shepherd. You know, when distractions come, sometimes, you know, we try and do that, but they can be distractions, can't they? Our mind can keep whirring and whirring. But when that happens, I just acknowledge them. Yep, yeah, I hear that. I'm going to park that and I'll return that to le- I'll come to that later. I'm going to focus my thoughts on Jesus, on the shepherd. I, I find just being out in nature can be brilliant. Just going for a long walk. I love going for long walks. I try and do it as much as I can. And when I do, I just chat with my shepherd. <laughs> like, he's my friend. And we chat. How's, how's it going? <laughs> I feel him say, how's it going? Well, Lord... I'm having a tough time at the moment. I don't know what to do about this. What about that? I really need to hear you. I need to, you know, those kind of things I find really helpful. Just chatting with me. He's our friend. He's our shepherd. He knows us by name. He doesn't, we're not being over familiar. He loves us. He calls us his children. He welcomes us in. So, you know, he's he's our father. He's our shepherd. He cares. He knows us. So we can just chat with him. Say, Lord, what is it you're doing? What is your saying? Just walk with him as you would a friend. And then spending time in the Bible is absolutely invaluable in hearing him speak. It's often the main way that he speaks to us. And one thing I found helpful, it might sound obvious, but to ask him to speak. <clears throat> I open the word and say, Lord, would you speak to me today from this? I want to hear your voice. Ask him, can you speak to me? I want to hear you. And he does, because he wants to, because you're his sheep and he loves you. So, but sometimes we just need to ask. And then after we've asked, we then need to like leave a bit of space <laughs> to listen. Because uh, we can ask, Lord, I want to speak to you, right? I'm going on with my job now. <laughs> no, let, be in that place where we're asking him to speak and then just say, Lord, here I am. I'm listening. 
Um, one thing I found helpful, something I've started doing recently, I, just a little top tip, uh, is I can read a passage, um, if I feel prompted to read, well, it could be one of the Gospels, it could be anywhere in the, in, the, in the Bible, and to keep reading until I feel he speaks to me. It's, it's, give it a go. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating. So just keep reading. Say, Lord, I'm going to read this until I know you speak to me, until I hear you speak to me. And he will. It's absolutely, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> I, I strongly encourage it. So listen to the shepherd. Finally, then, it's about following his lead. I've already talked a bit about how he leads us. But my question is, are we following? You know, it's not easy but the more we get to know the shepherd, the more we will realise what a privilege and joy it is to belong to him and to follow him. And you know, because he knows you, he also knows what's best for you. The place, the pace, where to invest your time and resources. And as, is, as you seek his will, that you will find life. I read somewhere that someone said, he made you and he knows why. That's good to know, isn't it? I like that. Sometimes I think we can overcomplicate stuff. You know, we can, um, yeah, we just overcomplicate stuff, I think. But I think the thing is we see that Jesus, when we read through the Gospels and we see Jesus, what he commends is obedience and faith. If you, if you read through, not just in this story, but in all the others, and in all of them, he, that's what brings him real joy. Obedience, when he sees faith, when he sees obedience, it brings him joy. And often it's linked with a miracle. You'll see miracles happen when people demonstrate obedience and faith. And I think we can do that. So the good news is, you know, we don't have to have everything mapped out. Don't have to have it all mapped out. You know, it's, it's, to be honest, we, as I said, we don't really know what's even happening tomorrow. And the thing is, I think also it means we can miss out on the fun and the freedom that we get by walking with the shepherd and seeing where he's leading. As I was preparing this, I felt this little phrase just really kind of keep coming back to me. And it's how often can we want clarity when what we actually need is intimacy? I'll say that again. How often can we want clarity but what we actually need is intimacy? And it's that intimate relationship that he invites us to have, rooted in the belief that he's good and leading a life of trust and dependence on him of listening to his voice and to following his lead. So as we close, I wonder where you're at today. Maybe you're a bit like that world-famous sheep looking up and saying, help. And if so, you know, I want you to know that there's a good shepherd who will climb down in an instant and rescue you. He'll welcome you back and embrace you and give you that full life, which is, you know, your deepest, and your deepest need and longing. Even if you, maybe you don't know that, he, that's what he brings and what he promises to give. Or maybe you're like the same sheep, you've been rescued, but you've wandered off to graze and need to come back to the shepherd, come back to that place of security and freedom and trust. Or maybe there's something, something else that has resonated to you. Whatever that is, I just encourage you as we kind of close now, just to, to reflect on that, to come and seek prayer. I know, there's another chance, I know some people won't want to shoot off, but there's a chance if you want to pray, Tom will kind of lead us in this, but if you just want to kind of come, and I guess the worship team will probably be here and stuff as well. But if there's anything I've said that you kind of feel that you, know, you really want, you want to respond to, as God's spoken to you, please, please act on that. Don't let it kind of go. Just, just hold on to that. So 
Should we just stand together? As I close and I'll, I'll pray and then Tom will be able to lead us in, in what next. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd. <laughs> you are the good shepherd, Lord. I thank you that you know us and that you lead us and you speak to us, Lord, and you care for us. You watch over us, Lord. Thank you. I pray that you'd help us to be those who listen to your voice and follow you in faith and obedience. And Lord, for those who don't know you, I pray that they will come to know you as the good shepherd and they'd hear your voice today and they'd know the joy and the adventure of following you, our good shepherd. Thank you, Lord. Amen.